Baby girl, won't you come and hold my hand? Won't you come and chill out with the Virgo? Hey girl, just come and hold my hand. Won't you come and just chill with the Virgo? Sipping on Merlot, you ain't gotta be my girl though. I drop you off at Willoughby and Murdo. Smash with the Virgo, ain't got to take your shirt off. You see me convince your homegirl. No, no, okay. <laughs> not this time. We already hit him with that last time. It can't, it can't be every time now. I know, I know, I know. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Oh man, hey girl, what's up, friend? Hey, how we doing? How we living? I'm good. I am in a good mood because I'm gonna be on vacation next week with my friends. Yes, yes. There's a lot to I be in a good mood about. Y'all. Yeah, I know. And a lot to be thankful for. A lot of people have been saying how peculiar of a destination we're going to. Yep. It's not necessarily like a, uh, a uh, vacation spot. Travel spot. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of why I'm like excited. Right. Sometimes because, you need those. Yeah. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, glitzy and whatever. I know oh, when I told yeah. my grandma and my aunt, they were like, like I was, I like made it all, I hyped it all up like, okay guys, I'm going to reveal to you my next vacation destination. And they're like, oh my God, yay, where are you going, where are you going? And then I tell them and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because a lot of people, like they'll get, they'll kind of cock their head to the side like, huh, who, Yeah. do you, do you know anyone out there? And I'm mm-hmm. like... Not yeah, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I have a friend whose dad is Haitian and her boyfriend's Haitian. So, you know, it it works out. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, the only person who really received it. I really wasn't revealing the destination. And you just kind of. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's you so extra because <laughs> you want to do where we going next. Like, what is the building up of the what is it exactly all right shit we're going to haiti guys fuck (laughs) i'm over here like what's the secret but it's you know my co-workers when i told her she was like wow that's amazing there's this lullaby that i used to sing to my boys when they were younger that was a haitian lullaby or whatever and you know i guess she's always had some interesting connection to the place and yeah i just uh, i'm looking forward to it because like i said you know there's been a pattern with a couple of our travels visiting places that are rich in culture not only rich in culture but also have experienced some very you know heavy natural disaster Mm -hmm. type of situation and i just feel like that alone like you know it just brings a lot of perspective it's it's just nice i like it yeah, I think it's going to be fun. And honestly, I just can't wait to lay my ass out on a beach. Yeah. Oh, God. I yeah. love the ocean so much. Anyone that knows me knows I am a beach baby. I'm an ocean baby. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be, I'm a, since I know I'm taking my braids out right when I get back, I'm going to just be in there, like, mm-hmm. head first. Just, like, we're jumping into that lagoon and shit. I'm yeah. jumping in. I'm in. 
Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, see ya. See yeah. ya on Wednesday. Ya <laughs> you on know, Wednesday. with the Blue Lagoon and jumping up in that shit, I just want to know that someone has my back if I don't come back up. Okay, Shayna, we're not even going to talk like that because you can swim enough to get your ass to the surface, okay? <laughs> One would hope, you know? Like, it's they, might have, they might have life vests. They might. Because I think that's one of the, like, touristy-ish things. Mm-hmm. So Maybe. Because I, I told I somebody mean, else, I was like, you know, I have friends who are far more experienced in swimming than I am. And with the life vest and everything, I still question that because I feel like fear weighs more. Than inflatables. (laughs) (laughs) This is the type of vacation I need because, like you, for Coachella, upon returning, I will be starting my new role. So, this is the nice little break that I need in between the two. Clear my mind, get it right, and then on to new woman yeah on to new endeavors i mean sucks that i land you know at fucking eleven fifty nine at night and then i gotta get up and go to work but it's okay i mean fortunately you live close to the airport it could be worse it could be you're right all right well anyway what else is new anything fun and interesting happening in la You know, no, just the usual day parties and birthday celebrations. Nothing much happening there. I'm purging my closet, donating Mm -hmm. whatever doesn't sell. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. Like, I'm chilling right now because we're headed out of town. So just trying to get shit together for that. And Cuomo found a place that's not too far from me. So that shit is crazy i can't believe cuomo is like moving the day after we get back (laughs) like they're literally getting their lease starts on like we get back on like the 11th their shit starts on the 15th yeah you get back on the 11th i get back on the 10th no 10th 10th yeah it starts on that week though yeah yeah I'm really excited for that, and Damo's so cute because she was like, in searching for my place, like one of the requirements was to be not too far from Shayna. I'm like, girl, thank you. Y'all are gonna be spending a lot of time together though, I I already know. I could foresee that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she'll be dragging me through the mud, not literally in a bad way, but more so like just because she's a busybody. Yeah, yeah, she's a busybody and stuff like that. But yeah, it'll be exciting. So you're usually down to ride, though. So yeah, I am. I am. I'm actually trying to get a little list together of the things that I would like to bring back because I didn't realize how many things I might be interested in, like the rum, maybe like patties. Just little things that I uh, got from Damo that I was just like, hmm, I think I, I want some of that too. But like to bring to bring back from Haiti? Yeah. We can bring food back? Oh, yeah, I guess we can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, I need to really she even my... said She even said she was going to bring back pineapple jam. I'm like, ooh, I want that too. Like, I just want everything that Me she's too. mentioning. So. Dang. It's something worth thinking about. I'm going to have to really pack, like, super smart. Anyway, how are you doing? Like, what's new? What's going on? Anything happening this weekend? Well, tomorrow for work, I helped plan this event at my job, a brunch. 
And I really hope that shit's successful. Like, I kind of feel like I have something to prove, especially considering promotion is how you get people to show up to your event, and promotion is what I do. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure for it to be successful, but... I think it's going to go well. I think it's going to be successful. Definitely getting a ton of likes and stuff on Instagram for the, the flyers and everything. A lot more than our other events generally get. So that's encouraging. Yeah. I just want it to be like a huge success and everyone to come. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm definitely hoping to tie up a couple other loose ends before... I leave because this is kind of like a bad time for me to be like leaving work, but (laughs) it's kind of like a lot of shit going on um, this month, but you know, so be it. I have to live my life. I have to live my life. Right. Other than that, I'm just like getting my shit together this weekend. I'm probably going to do some work because the other thing is I can't be really out and about too much because I'm trying to eat right. And, like, when I be ripping and running and stuff, I end up eating bullshit and, like, mm-hmm. just not. And it's not like I'm trying to have any impact on my body for Haiti, but I'm just trying to, like, start doing better. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can't keep, like, being like, oh, I'll start after this or I'll start after this or I'll start after this. Right. I just have to, like, do it. Just so. start. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's really it that's going on with me. Got I, I, Oh, I have an icebreaker. Wow. I was about to move on and share mine, but please do. I only have one, so. Okay, this is something that I got from the shade room anyway, so. What would you do if your man was going to jail for 20 years and proposed to you right before you left? You riding and dying or you, uh, you, you getting to step in? I want him to really think about what he's asking me to do. <laughs> yeah, give up your entire youth and your childbearing years while he's like, in jail. I'm sorry, but that just doesn't sound. Twenty thirty eight is when you would be able to be wed. Is somebody somebody get getting their ass whipped. Yeah, I sound like I hear it. Get your ass! Come on! Get! Yeah! yeah. Come on! Come on! How embarrassing. Uh, But yeah, I just think that it is selfless on one person's part and very selfish on the other person's part. Like the one asking, of course. But come on, no. No expectations. Don't ask someone to do a favor like that. And depending on who the person is, the chances of them saying, I want to. You never know, right? But I know for me, I'm saying no. No. I'm saying no. And I'm not saying that, you know, just because you're going to jail that we have to, like, break up today. But I'm not going to commit to marrying you. Yeah. Because what it's going to come down to is that, like, what, five, ten years in, you're going to want to get married while you in jail so that we can do conjugal visits and shit like that. Yeah. I'm not having my wedding to you in the jail, bro. Like, that's just not even what's going to be happening. Like, 
I know I know a lot of people get wrongfully sentenced for shit too. So that piece could be like a we gonna beat the nah, we gonna do some, these appeals, but, bro. Then you're gonna come out and we're gonna get married. Right, nah. right. right. <laughs> we're not doing this while you're in the jail. Actually, you said it doesn't mean you're not breaking up with them right away. I think that it should mean that. Like <laughs> You should just be like, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to visit you from time to time and (laughs) check on you. But, you know, I'm kind of moving away from that ride or die shit. Like, you could miss miss me with the ride or die. Like, Because if dying is an option, I don't want it. (laughs) Right. We are way too young to be going through some shit like that Mm -mm. Mm. right right i'm so so straight it's a no dog it's a no from us here at the podcast so all you um felon bays out there don't call us right straight we good we are so good okay well that was my icebreaker yeah listeners what do y'all have to say are you riding and dying for Felon Bay or are you riding and dying? Are you waiting until twenty thirty eight to start to plan your wedding? I'd be forty seven, forty eight at that time. Ooh, still young in your own right, but life definitely over. You know, right? I mean, not I'm over, a... not over, but like that's a halfway mark. Not you only halfway that, done I'm with a life. completely different person. By the time you get out, you will be too. Like we will be yes. completely different. So you still much. gonna be trying to Facetime? I'm gonna be doing holograms and shit. Like we gonna so be much has happened so much between then and now. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. all right, moving on. So, what has been your favorite year to date? Favorite year to date, like age was? Like, yeah, I guess it could be age, or I was really thinking like 2010, or you know, oh, like. Oh, I don't know the year like that, but I could say maybe my favorite age to date was like 24. Because 24. when I was 24, that was 2014, I was really out here in these streets. Like, that's when I was taking multiple dates a week from different people. <laughs> That's when I was living mm-hmm. my ultra best, never right. paying for a meal ever. Um, right. <laughs> I was ripping and running out here. That's what I, that was, and that was also my first time ever actually like really dating. Like mm-hmm. that 23, 24, turning 24 year, 2014. That was when I was ever just like, I wasn't just like one person and then, a, and then another person. It was like multiple people. Mm-hmm. You know who I was interested in, and I was—you know—I was actually dating. So I would say that was my definitely me living my best. Mm -hmm. But now, again, I don't want it. I don't want to do that again. (laughs) It was overwhelming. It was like—I mean, it really like it's fun at first, but then it's just like okay, maintaining everything. And then if you start, like, having feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to, like, give proper respect to your feelings and their feelings, and it just becomes a lot, so. Right. Yeah, I'm a a one-at-a-time kind of girl. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hate to put my eggs in one basket, but it's really just not in my wheelhouse to be like dating multiples. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, what was your best year for dating? Um, you know what? I think you probably misunderstood me. It wasn't for dating, it was just to date like up to now. You know, like Okay, tell me yours and maybe I'll understand more cuz I'm still Like I was just thinking like, you know, just I'd say my best year is probably now cuz ain't no time like the present. but really no it was really for me it was just like okay um you know just a lot of like self-awareness happening and just like growth and actually finally understanding shit that's really like what I was thinking like not so much dating you know it's just been a good year so far I definitely think that if someone was pursuing me now would be the best time like for me to be like actively trying to get to know someone and dating because like you said ain't no time like the present and I know I know from past lessons that I learned you know what's gonna work better now Mm -hmm. than in the past but um if we were talking about like when was the most lit dating time I was sick with my first answer but as for like the best me that you could be dating is right now this, mm-hmm. this woman right now, you know, she's refined. She's aware. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's so funny. What's crazy, because I wouldn't even say the time where I was, like, dating multiples was a good time for me because it was draining and exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just ran out of time hence why we no longer have tinder tales like it just right we just couldn't do it guys it's just like mm, it's whatever but i just feel like at this point in time like things are falling into place it's making sense i'm being challenged to take a look within and see right. like what's working what's not where i am so yeah i'd say i'd say now I definitely would say now. We out here. We are. Live and kicking. And it's cancer season, y'all. Yay, my mom's birthday is coming up. My mom is going to be 60 this year. Wow. Yeah, this is like a big birthday. Yeah, Yeah. is she going to have a celebration? Is she traveling? What's she doing? So my sister and I are giving her an all-expense-paid trip to savannah that's awesome yeah it'll be nice she'll still get to be good you know do the beachy thing but it's like a really quaint town a really cute house like Mm -hmm. the airbnb is so freaking cute i'm actually sad that i can't go i think she'll be surprised we're gonna tell her this weekend that that's what we're gonna do for her she says she wants to go skydiving oh wow so we're also gonna try to set that up too Nice. That's awesome. Live your best, Miss Donna, for real. I will Scott. We're not singing this for the third or fourth time. Yo, for the hundredth, for the Did your mom ever used to say, your grandma ever used to say, for the umpteenth time? <laughs> My mom used to always say, I told you this shit for the umpteenth time. That's funny. That's that's a, that's many times when you start right. getting the umpteenth. <laughs> right. 
They ain't even trying to play these games anymore. Right. Yeah, so anyway, cancer season. We have a lot of cancers in our lives. We do. We definitely do. Mariah just had a birthday. She had her golden birthday, actually, on the 27th. Okay. Damo coming up. Happy birthday. And what else? What did we... Well, you know, according to tarot.com, cancer is ruled by the moon. The planet of emotions and inner self. So we're reminded of the deeply sensitive nature of this sign. Ooh, deeply, deeply sensitive. Run that shit back. Deeply is real. Yeah. So during this time, the stars ask you to listen to your feelings and respond in a constructive manner. Cancer loves spending time with family and close friends. So we're encouraged to do the same during this time, which how fitting is happening. Right. Things you do want to watch out for, though, are mood swings. Right. These Krabby Patties, Mm -hmm. we know that Um, because while there are many highs, you can go low very fast because (laughs) of all that extra sensitivity around you. It makes it very easy to get into a bad mood. We saw that exhibited in the Snapchat the other day. <laughs> Do you know any cancer moons? Like, I mean, I know you don't really pay attention to too many birth charts of others, but... Off the top of my head? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I actually have come across someone whose moon sign is cancer, and boy, oh boy, like, it is very interesting. All those things about mood swings, and in my observation... They're like sponges. And so they just literally suck up every little emotion that is around them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just so interesting. Interesting um, analogy. I like that. They are kind of like sponges. Yeah, like it's so crazy. Like, you know, if they see you're one way or maybe like not feeling it, like they'll quickly become the same or maybe get into that bad mood pretty fast because they see you're not in it and i'm like hmm that's really interesting yeah yeah i mean that's what i have for star talk this week if y'all know any cancer moons hit us up down below cancer moon or in our inbox (laughs) (laughs) sign me up podcast at gmail.com you are silly Um, that just segues us right here to where we're at now. Nosy noo. <laughs> um, honestly, our theme songs just like really make it all worth it to me. Like, I just love our little like <laughs> random ass tunes to segue. Who like even thinks of this shit? Like, right. I need to go back and listen to our first episode. We're probably like, okay, now we're going to go to the next portion of the podcast, which is called (laughs) Two Cents. (laughs) And that means we share our two cents on any topic. Like, (laughs) it's hilarious. All right. So, guess what, guys? What up? Guess what? Drake got a baby. It's confirmed. It is confirmed. It's confirmed double time. Wow. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) 
Um, yeah, Drake reveals that he has a kid on the new album entitled Scorpion. This is a long-ass album, a.k.a. a double-sided album. And I use the air quotes when I say double-sided because, bitch, we have a phone. Like, we don't have a record, okay? We don't even have a damn CD. So, yeah. Right. Um, I listened to it pretty as soon as I woke up. But that wasn't because I woke up with Drake on my mind, but because when I woke up and got on my phone first thing in the morning, like you really shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. But I did. And that was like the first thing that was on social media. Everyone was talking about it early in the morning. So I listened to it while I got ready for work and I cooked and then I got ready for work, so it was, like, enough time to listen to the whole thing before I hit the office. <laughs> and um, the A side, which is, like, the hip-hop side, I guess, I wasn't really impressed. I, there was no standouts to me. But the B side, you know, the B side was giving me all the Drake feels that I normally get. There were, like, three or four standouts out of, like, 12 songs. So, I mean, for the, the rest B of side or the cool. A side? For the B side, for the B side. Okay. But I don't know why I understood yesterday. I thought you said you liked the B side more, and I was wondering when I was listening to it like how? Yeah, I know, but I liked, you know, I only liked a few, but it was a few more than I liked on the A side. You know what I mean? Like I didn't like shit on the A side. So Hmm. Like nothing, oh, okay. nothing on the A side made me be like, "Oh, let me run that shit back." Like at so least on the B side, like I wanted whole, to hear a song mm-hmm. again. Okay, so you're saying for the whole shit, you only liked four songs. <laughs> that sounds so bad. I mean, I'm just trying to get. You know, I like the singles. I like the singles. So it was like what four singles? Mm-hmm. I liked all the singles. Still, I mean, that's fine. Right. So I like eight songs out of twenty five. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there are some others that could grow on me, you know? Yeah, some things take time, but... But I did yeah. enjoy listening to the lyrics. I really was listening to this album because I wanted to hear all the shit so I could know what everybody was talking about. And, you know, Drake is good for telling stories. That's what I need. Like, I need the stories on the on the track. I don't just want to hear, like, because it rhymes or because, like, it sounds clever, like... The punchline rap and the fucking rhyming rap, you know, it's only so much of that you can actually listen to. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to hear about that one time that she flew that one bitch out and then this happened. Like, I like hearing that shit. I like it. So I definitely was listening to the lyrics and he was ready to tell it all, baby. Woo. He talked on March 14th, he talked about the fact that he didn't know that hoe, that he got Mm. pregnant, had only seen her two times, Mm. which only makes him a dirty dick nigga, because how you get a pregnancy out of only meeting somebody two times, but you know. Living your truth, 2018. There it is. I mean, thankfully you didn't get an STD, you got a baby, but shit. That's how you, that's how you rolling out here, Drizzy Drake? Mm Mm-hmm. If only Mm y'all could see my face right now (laughs) I'm just gonna sip this and keep quiet Mm. 
You know, I listen. It's just not cool to have unprotected sex anymore. It really isn't. It's it's the same way it's not cool to ride without a seatbelt. Like, you're not cool (laughs) for not putting your seatbelt on. You're just dumb. You are dumb because what? Seatbelts save lives. This is proven time and time again. You know. So, if you want to fuck without a condom, we're married. Clearly, we're married. And even then, you know, fuck. Shit. I listened to the album as well, and I definitely remember just, you know, not being too moved. Mm. Uh, There were a couple, literally a couple songs, not including, you know, those singles that we know and love, but there were a couple songs that had me like, but... Do you remember which ones they were? Just a couple. No, because, like, I was just listening as I was cooking. So yeah. I really don't even know the name yeah. of it and shit like that. But I'll get back to y'all. Yeah, the one that really, like, I played, like, maybe four times was Finesse. That one really spoke to me. Really spoke to me on a, on a level, on a Drake-esque level. Some of his classics have really spoke to me. Mm. But anyway, um, also quickly, Tiffany Haddish um, said that she blocked off her schedule to go on a date with Drake and then he like canceled at the last minute. That sucks. Like, I know the feeling, sis, but like, honestly, I'm getting to the point where I feel like Tiffany Haddish just talks too fucking much. Like, you just tell everyone's business, girl, like Mm. to the media. Like, I get that that involves you, but it's like damn like <laughs> and then also Niggas at the are end of the day she's a comedian, to, like, she's, yeah, a comedian she's a comedian so oh it's about to be a dog fight out here what's up <laughs> <laughs> what you got going on bro <laughs> girl this is just crazy I thought you could only like you only needed to keep your windows closed in New York but clearly <laughs> in LA <laughs> They don't know how to be quiet either. I mean, damn. Ooh, that is so funny. But, yeah, Tiffany Haddish is a comedian. So, I feel like, you know, that's her way of expressing herself. She'll make a joke of it, but also, you know, like, not really sure if she was personally impacted by him not showing up or canceling the date, right, but right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Tristan Thompson unblocked Kim Kardashian on Chloe's birthday. This is only funny to me because I saw the most hilarious voiceover of this interaction. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but. On social media, Kim K was posting asking Tristan to unblock her because I guess when she went on Ellen and was like, it's fucked up that Tristan cheated on Chloe, he blocked her. So she was like, okay, can I get unblocked now? Like, what's good? And so they made all these these things about, about fucking getting unblocked. And then Lala, you know that comedian? I think so. 
the skinny girl, yep, the super yep, skinny one. Yeah, yeah. She um she made a voiceover of the whole shit, and it was so funny. It was like Tristan showing Kim like these are the hoes I be talking to when Chloe's not around. <laughs> and then the twins, the Malika and whatever the other one's name is, was like, um. Nigga, you be trying to hit us up on it's uh, in our DMs too. He's like, "Hey, chill, watch out!" Like, <laughs> it just look, it just seems so believable. Like that is really what they would say. It was funny, so that's really only wise. Shout shout out to Lala, you funny as fuck. Um, yeah, and honestly, Chloe, good for you, girl. I guess like you want to go back to that life, only for it to potentially blow up again later. Go go right ahead, sis. Do you? Um, one last thing. Joe Jackson died. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't laugh. That will never be your reaction. <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> Girl. Joe Jackson died, yo. Like, literally... Michael Jackson's father. Janet Jackson's father. A legend that, in his own right. He yeah. has crossed over to the other side. That shit is crazy. And then, of the, course, is it just of Jackson's old picture, age or? No, he had cancer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but. I guess people were saying, like, so what? Because he was, like, abusive to Michael and all the kids, probably. And um, the grandson, Michael's mm-hmm. son, Prince, came out and was like, hey, which y'all, basically, this is this is not, you know, this is a paraphrase. He was like, basically, what y'all not about to do is talk shit on my grandfather because that nigga was the man. And he mm-hmm. will be respected. Like, y'all not about to come crazy about my grandfather because you don't know shit about shit. Right. And I was watching the video and I'm like, wow, not only does this kid look exactly like Paris, but honestly, they look like Michael. They really do. Like, to mm-hmm. me, I see, like, similarities in their features, like their eyes, their eyebrows, like, certain things I do see similar. So I don't know. I don't know what genetic whatever but I think that there's a family resemblance the kids are definitely related to one another that is without without a shadow of a doubt because <laughs> they look just alike but right. um, I see a family resemblance I don't know um, and last but not least power coming back Power coming back. Hey, power coming back. Who's ready? Power coming back. Let's get it. Power coming back. Let's Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. You already saw the premiere episode, right? The premiere episode is out? No. I'm at, I thought you went to like a screening or something. Oh, so hear this. That was bullshit. I don't think I ever even gave in. I don't think I ever gave y'all an update on that. These people you know marketing can be very misleading sometimes um, be aware of the business you're in sydney because uh, you the, know the, actually, the word actually the trick is to be just so deceptive 
<laughs> the wordplay is disgusting because you hear premiere and you think, ah, something new. Something that hasn't been released. When in reality, it was an episode that was already played before. So, what ended up happening is I just really went for the pre-party, the appetizers, and I walked on out after and met up with some friends in North Hollywood. That's what happened that day. I didn't stay for it. Because they lied to us completely. That's a damn shame. Alright, well, that's all for Nosy News. Two cents. Two cents. You better get your life. Hey, get your life. I thought you was kind of going to keep mixing the two, but you just. Oh, yeah, I should have. Damn, I should have went back and forth. Well, let's see what that would sound like, Sydney. Let's see. Two cents. Two cents. You better get your life. Hey, hey. Get your life with the two cents, a two cents, ha, ha, ha. Okay, um, hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're combining two cents and get your life because really, they're one and the same today. Right. We're providing opinions. We're taking a look within. We're doing it all. Right. And kudos to AF for sending Yet another really great test, a quiz, a survey of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's surrounding attachment styles and a little bit of personality too. So I asked Sydney, Sydney and myself, we took this quiz before we, you know, started recording and. We're just going to share those results with you. Um, yeah. Which one do you want to start with? Um, let's start with the doctor, the pie chart, Diane Poole Heller. Okay. So this was the one that I took first. Is this the one you took first? Yeah. Okay. So this was the one that I took first, and my attachment style aired on the side of secure. How do we want to do this? Do we want to do the percentage or the number? We want to do, you know, we could do percentage. Okay, so I was 39 point something percent secure. Mm -hmm. My next highest was 32.6 percent ambivalent slash anxious. Disorganized and 10.9% avoidant slash dismissive. Okay. So, based on this test, it basically breaks down how you relate to the close the people closest to you in your life, your closest relationships, and how attached you are to them. So this particular test breaks it down to secure, avoidant, ambivalent, disorganized. I'll just read my results then. Secure. Secure attachment is the ideal attachment style needed to enjoy healthy boundaries, fluidity of intimacy, and individuation and social engagement. This is developed by the child having caregivers who are positively attuned to the child, provide a safe haven with consistency and good enough care, 
attention, and affection. Children who experience this type of holding environment grow to feel safe and explore the world, interact with others with trust, and have emotional resilience and regulation as adults. They will tend to have greater confidence, better balance, and choices in relationships, and the ability to both give and receive love. Sounds lovely. It sounds so these so good. And these attachment styles, the definitions that they're giving you, is actually general to us all, but you just place them as they relate to the percentages you've had. So whatever is right. more dominant in your right. results. I want to point out that this is only a smidge more than the next um, one that I'm going to read. Oh, no. Actually, it's not the next one I'm going to Well, it will be the next one I read. I'll read my shit in order. So that was 39 point. I can't see the percentage for how this shit cut off, but 39 point something percent of secure. My next highest was 32.6 of ambivalent slash anxious <laughs> mm-hmm. so those are pretty close together in my opinion um all right ambivalent ambivalently attached people have had caregivers who were on again off again and consistently tending and attuning to the child because of this lack of consistency the child doubts whether their needs will be met and is on the constant look out for cues and clues of how their behavior may or may not influence the parents' responses. Over time, they find themselves on an emotional seesaw of needs being met and not met. Their object relation is, I can want, but I cannot have. You may observe that in an ambivalent attachment styles, there's a tendency to be chronically dissatisfied. First, there's a tendency to, pro- to project their own familial history onto their relationship. Secondly, If the other person becomes available, they become unavailable. Unaccustomed to receiving love, having it available doesn't fit their profile of still wanting. Over time, the partners partners of ambivalent people can be discouraged by their love being dismissed, and the loss of the relationship can be both feared and created outcome. So I find this very interesting in myself. I think what we wish, what we should do, Shayna, is just like I read my top two, and then you read your top two, and then if like we have overlap, we can just say what the other ones are. But anyway, so I find this really interesting that this was my top two because they're pretty polarizing, um, and I definitely see how it was one person doing one thing and the other person doing the other thing, like. As far as, like, attention and consistency, it was always, like, my mom was, like, always around because she was, you know, a stay-at-home mom. I was always with her, whatever. Whereas my dad was, like, traveling a lot, so he would just come in for, like, spurts of time. And there would be long times where we had no communication at all. You know what I mean? Like, even into adulthood, like, we had long periods of time where we just weren't communicating. So I definitely feel this like I feel that I like have a balance of both luckily like my mom is outweighing the negativity (laughs) of my childhood like that I'm suppressing but I think that that's pretty interesting that those are my two and I do feel the anxiety Mm -hmm. and ambivalence in my relationships now but I also feel that I'm like totally capable of 
giving and receiving love. Like, I feel capable of doing that, but I want, but I cannot have, which is obviously the other side of that coin. So it's pretty interesting stuff. Okay, what were year two? Top two was 33% secure, 25% avoidant, and dismissive. So, in the avoidant attachment style, caregivers, emotionally unavailable, insensitive, and even hostile responses to a child's need for connection forms a coping strategy of disconnection in a child. Avoidantly attached people commonly find their greatest struggle to be a lack of emotion. Without intimate nurturance, the limbic system is neurologically starved and does not receive the signals required for building social responses, nor the frontal brain stimulation that develops bonding. This disconnection extends first to the parents and then to all other relationships. Though some of our cultural models extol the virtues of this self-reliant lone wolf behavior, think X-Man Wolverine or the quintessential desperado cowboy icon. Actually, living with such a lack of emotional attunement can be increasingly isolated. When working with avoidant attachment, the intrepid task of the therapist is to nurture a transition to a fully embodied and participatory existence by creating a welcoming and contactful experience full of compassion, quotes, permission for existence. Mm -hmm. So I felt like these were definitely accurate because I'm sort of a little bit of both secure for sure, but also avoidant is actually really interesting with how they tie it to childhood and caregivers and all that shit because it makes me feel like wow maybe I need some like really for sure I need to get into therapy to really see like what is it exactly that has me feeling this way like I feel like there's probably some things that I already know hence who my primary caregiver was and shit like that but it's just really interesting to actually get to the the core of it and it just makes you feel like whoa like what is going on with like or just <laughs> wants you to sort of seek further counsel to understand yeah. the results so that was interesting and we all we already know like the secure piece so the other one that we didn't cover was disorganized, disorganized yeah so disorganized for me was actually 19.4 percent oh, and that's really high. I think Mine was only 10.9%. So a disorganized attachment style results when caregivers present double binding messages to children. This is sometimes called paradoxical injunction. An example of this is a come here, go away, come here, go away message. Parents create situations for the child that are unsolvable and unwinnable. For example, a parent may ask a child to do a task such as sweep the floor. When the child begins to do so, the parent criticizes how it is being done or even when it is being done. The child may attempt to do the task again, taking the direction, but is criticized again. The parent may then deride the child for not doing what the parent has asked them to do and then punish them for not doing the job. When exposed to these impossible-to-resolve situations over and over again, the child develops a pattern of not solving problems. 
When parents set up these interactions that are frightening, disorienting, inherently disorganizing, and which sometimes involve violence, the parent becomes the source of fear. The disorganized pattern arises in the child when there is a desire to be close to the parent as an object of safety, conflicting with a drive to detach from a dangerous and confusing caregiver. For the adult, this may mean being held emotionally hostage by the conflict of the desire for intimacy as well as the fear of it. Mm. Again, I'm stumped. You're like, stumped? You, you don't, you, like, you, you're stumped in the sense that, like, you can't relate or what? I feel like it's touching on some real life shit, but then at the same time... You can't place it? I can't place it because I don't really feel like I've been in a situation growing up where it's been like, do this, no, do that, do this, no, do that, come here, go away. Like, I don't really think I was in that kind of environment. But again, like, the psyche is so interesting that sometimes we tend to block things That we don't, we we just don't know, like, that we're doing that. And, again, that just leaves me to feel like I'd like to look into this a bit further because I'm like, I don't, I can't really place it. I'd be curious to know what a therapist actually feels about these quizzes. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like, is it something that you can truly, you know, measure? Yeah, I'm sure they, that there is like there's, there's some, no doubt yeah. validity to this, but I just feel like sometimes dropping you off with some information without having like that comfort of context, shit can get a little hectic. Right. Like now you're trying to think of instances. It might not be like you said. You just have to like unpack it a little more, basically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, it requires well, hella unpacking. Right. Well, do you want to just, like, quickly go over the results of the next? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Even though I'm having a hard time figuring out how to read Read, these. Read the shit? Yeah. I just had to skip down. Using the bold lettering, it helped me, guide me. (laughs) Um, So this one was still about attachment style. My scores were, like, a little different. Um, This one was gauge people on attachment-related anxiety and attachment-related avoidance. So it's just anxiety or avoidance. You know, like, you you gauge your security based off the anxiety and avoidance. So the definition, it says, People who are high in attachment-related anxiety tend to worry about whether their partners really love them and often fear rejection. People on the low dimension are much less worried about such matters. Second, some people are more avoidant than others. People who are high in attachment-related avoidance are less comfortable depending on others and opening up to others. So, according to my score... My attachment-related anxiety score was a 4.44 on a scale ranging from 1 to 7, 1 low anxiety to 7 high. So I'm, like, right in the middle, a little over middle. Mm-hmm. Your attachment-related avoidance score is a 3.11 on a scale of 1 to 7. Um, so my two scores plotted on the graph. I'm in the space called Preoccupied. 
they basically give you like a line graph and then it puts you into a certain sector. There are four different quads or whatever. So I'm in on the scale of preoccupied. It says, uh, previous research on attachment styles indicate that preoccupied people have a high tendency. Oh, excuse me. Preoccupied people tend to have highly conflictual relationships. Although they are comfortable expressing their emotions, preoccupied individuals often experience a lot of negative emotions, which can often interfere with their relationships. And what do I say all the time? That you're going to sabotage the That I self-sabotage the whole thing. That shit cray. That shit is crazy. So, yeah. And this only furthers my feeling that I really do have anxiety problems. Like, the anxiety is becoming an issue in my old age. Like, I don't know why. (laughs) Like, the shit is really getting reckless as fuck. Like, yeah. Mm. Okay. It's really hard to read mine because I took the long one. So when I look at this, what I see is overall, when you take the long version of this survey, generally they ask you questions as it relates to your mom, your dad, romantically, and your friends. Oh, wow. So I'm secure in every one of those with the exception of my dad. My dad is dismissing avoidant. And that part is really what stood out to me most because I feel like I am very dismissive when it comes to my dad. Mm -hmm. And it's not really because he has done anything to me because honestly, I feel like if anything, he really tries to reach out and stay connected and I know there's been some you know circumstances that prevented him from always being present in the past but I think that you know I may have held on to that more than I'd like to admit and because of that like it just you know like I just became dismissive you avoid it yeah yeah and when I think about the father figures in my life they were my grandfather and my uncle so what do you do with that you know it's just like damn that's that's real yeah um and it was interesting that it was like oh like in everything else though I'm secure because it's I feel like that's true like um with my friends and family and all that like I feel like most times like you know I don't feel unloved I don't feel like I can't go to anyone about anything I don't feel like you know, I love them more than they love me. Like, that's not my vibe at all. So, yeah. So it, it had, you know, attachment styles, traits, and then they had attachment style states, which is like security, anxiety, avoidance. And um, mine were sort of, I guess, it gives you, you know, what your security style is for yourself versus others and the same for anxiety and avoidance. And when looking at them, my security and my anxiety were both around the same level, a four out of five. 
And my avoidance was actually, you know, a little over two. So it's interesting how this survey yield, yielded like a lesser number for avoidance while the other one didn't. Yeah. I was like pretty... But dominant. this one kind of targeted where that avoidance comes from. Like right, which definitely... explains why it's so small and stuff like that. Yeah. And as far as subjective well-being, that was another section. And that one was interesting because it was saying, like, you rank one to five. And my well-being is four, which is higher than that of the average person, 2.96. So I was like, that's interesting. And, you know, like, that could also be because of where I am in life and shit like that. And, like, the other one was uh, relationship functioning, which is commitment, satisfaction, alternatives, and investment. My commitment also ranks on a one to five. And that was a four, a little over four. My satisfaction was like three and a half or a little under three and a half. My alternatives was like close to three. And then my investment was at a three. So that was interesting as well. It's saying, you know, like my sense of commitment is lower than that of an average person, which is 4.17. And mine is like probably 4.1 or 4.10 or some shit. And um, lastly, the personality traits, as far as like extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, and neuroticism, Mm -hmm. as well as openness to experience. My highest was um, conscientiousness, which is a tendency. <laughs> it was a tendency to be organized and dependable, show self-discipline, act dutifully, aim for achievement, and prefer planned rather than spontaneous behavior, which is like me through and through. Right. What came second was agreeableness, which is to be compassionate and cooperative rather than suspicious and yeah your ass is always fucking on the neutral whenever it's time to ride in the group and you fucking <laughs> leave me <laughs> to be right oh gosh you always think i'm leaving you you like yo you never have my back in these that's situations. what i'm saying you and you see i'm anxious i always feel like i love more i love people more than they love me right it's too much it's too much <laughs> And then what came next for me was like openness to experience and appreciation for art, emotion, adventure, unusual ideas, so me, curiosity, and variety of experience. Like openness reflects the degree of intellectual curiosity, creativity, and a a preference for novelty and variety a person has. So I feel like that was also like, you know, something that I could relate to in my Neuroticism was like the least on the totem pole, but that was still at a three out of five, you know, which I know you like to sometimes say like how neurotic I'm being in in certain situations, (laughs) which drives me insane because I'm like neurotic, really, of all things is what you're going to give me. But 
basically for those of you that don't know that is the tendency to experience unpleasant emotions easily such as anger anxiety depression and vulnerability neuroticism also refers to the degree of emotional stability and impulse control control and it's sometimes referred to by its low pole emotional stability so you can understand why i would probably go off when sydney tries to use the term (laughs) neurotic because i'm like I am, are you serious? Like that, if anything, is going to cause me to be emotionally unstable because <laughs> I'm usually on the fucking money with that. But yeah, Sometimes y'all. Sometimes you, sh- you do switch up quickly. It's my Gemini rising sign. I just can't help it at times. <laughs> but um, if you guys want to try these out, we will definitely Put post the, the link for y'all. For both. Yeah. Um, and so then for the, the second one, version. yeah, there was a shorter and a longer version. The short version was re- was actually on as as the time they estimated like four minutes. The long one was longer than ten minutes, but yeah. that might have been you were slightly distracted. But if you're right. tuned in, you could probably get it done in ten minutes. Right, it's possible. But that's it. That's it, y'all. What y'all yeah. think? <laughs> <laughs> That shit was actually kind of heavy. Um, yeah, like I'm just feeling anxious. No, I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, feeling like I need a therapy session. Where y'all at, doctors? Right, yeah. yeah. I'm going to black therapy. I might have to go on like Talkspace, deadass. Talkspace? I re- oh, that app? I yeah. really want to find someone. Like, can I find, like, I mean, I know it's crazy to have like expectations and mirror it to something that comes on fucking television but like if i could just get one similar to what molly had in insecure or like you know like i just want right i just want something you know real like was that that marketing for her like are you really a doctor ma like what i'm looking i doubt that she was really a doctor on fucking hbo (laughs) you just really never know but yeah okay well okay well make sure you follow us at sign me up podcast sign me up podcast at gmail.com to slide into our email and i'm at sydney poppins too i'm cheeky bobby and that's another episode of sign me up podcast signing out out